0: All right, Isaiah 22. Let's go for it. Verse 21, verse 22. Woo! I will clothe him with your robe and fasten your sash around him and hand your authority over to him. Thus saith the Lord. He will be a father to those who live in Jerusalem and a people of Judah. I will place his shoulder, the key to the house of David. He opens, no one can shut, and he shuts No one can open. I'm going to say it again. I'll place on the shoulder the key to the house of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. Amen. You may rest in the presence of the Most High God. Woo, woo. Let's get this thing going. Keep playing. I like that playing. All right. I'm on fire this morning. you on fire this morning? Get on fire with me. Get on fire with me. Mm. All right. Woo. Tear it up. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So we're in a series called the Power of leadership, the power of leadership. I changed it from the art of leadership to the power of leadership because I want to live these empowered lives. Amen. Amen. You wanna live in part of life? I wanna live in power lives. So today I'm gonna to talk to you about under the theme of dreams, visions, and plans. Somebody say dreams, visions, and plans. And plans. Alright, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Woo! Visions goes the Bible teaches us that one of the most prominent ways God communicates to us is through what? Through visions, through visions, through visions, through visions. Through visions. I'm so excited about this sermon. Visions are vivid images distinct from dreams. You know, there's visions and there's dreams. Amen? There's visions and there's dreams. But quite often, visions come when you're conscious. Amen? You see a vision when you're conscious. And dreams occur when you're asleep. But there's few occasions in the Bible where some visions emerged in someone's dreams. right? I' I'm on I'm, I'm with this. Visions in the Bible give lessons, lessons of how they change the lives of great leaders. They, they've changed the lives of great leaders. and other people, they just dramatically had shifts in their lives through the visions that they received. In the Bible, we see visions serving very purposes. They come for very purposes. Well, one purpose I want to talk to you today. It's about your future. Somebody say your future. We're talking about your future today, your future today. The one, 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 ha, ha number one, I, get, I got so excited about this, I don't want to get it out so bad. I just, you know, you know how you, you know, have you ever been pregnant with something that's inside you that you have to give birth to? You know, you, have you ever had a, a situation in life where there's something that you, you know that you have, but not everybody knows that you have, but you've got to get it out because you've got to share it? Yeah, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. I got this word today that's birthed inside of me that I got to get out. So. I'm so excited because I needed to hear this pre-sermon myself. So when God gave me this word today, I, I know I'm sharing it with you. Uh, he gave it to me. I believe he gave it to me for who? For me. Amen. Amen. So I'm glad. I'm hoping that what God gave for me, you can enjoy it too, because he told me to give it to you, but he gave it to me first. And then I'm just, so, I'm just, so <laughs> and I needed to hear it. I needed to hear it. I needed to hear about my future. I needed to hear about my future. So I had to get a vision. I got a vision of the future. We came in here this morning. I was so ecstatic because the future is so brilliant and so bright. Yeah. See, today we, we started this church off. We said one day we're going to have simulcasts. We're going to be TV ready. We're going to be TV ready. That's our goal in the ministry. And so we envisioned this early on. And today we're simulcasting live. And people are watching all over the world right now. Right now, they're watching all over the world. And when we said we were going to do that. We said that we we're going to get another place, another place, a larger place for greater worship so we can invite people. To to come and worship with us. And I'm envisioning it. So Friday after, after work, I went and I, and I, I sat in our a new, new location. And I sat there and, and, and I envisioned how the stage was gonna be set up. And I envisioned how the speakers were gonna go. And I envisioned how we we're gonna put up some pipe and drape to block off this area. And I, I, I envisioned the seats full. And I, and, and, and I envisioned the cameras over here and over here. And I, I checked the lights on the stage To make sure they work so I can envision what it looks like when we're on television somewhere and people are seeing us throughout the world. I envision these things because I can see them happening because God said it was going to happen. But see, sometimes when God gives you a vision, he doesn't give you everything you can see all at once. He gives you steps to it, right? Mm -hmm. So you can receive it when it comes because it's so big. Amen. And so I'm sitting here in this place on Friday and I'm like, whoa, this is amazing, God. And I saw how the chairs were situated. And I said, no, we're gonna rearrange those chairs and make them into like a U so we can have like, you know, like, I don't know what a a U-shaped auditorium. I don't know who does that, but I I wanna do that. There's a U-shape so everybody has a good vision, good angle, they can see the stage wonderfully, amen. And so I'm just seeing this right now and I'm seeing people walk up into the church because God gave me a vision of the future. And God gave me a vision of the future. Mm-hmm. But I had to go out and get this vision too. He said it was going to happen, and it was going to happen. But then I needed to understand this miracle that's happening. I needed to go put into place a vision for me to see it. Mm-hmm. To see it. And I didn't think about how much it cost. I did after I did the vision, but I because <laughs> <laughs> you know, it says count up the cost. It does say that in the Bible, right? So I, I counted up the cost, after, but at first I saw the vision, and then I was like, okay, this is where we're going. In our lives, God has blessed us. We're miracles on feet, amen? Mm-hmm. How many of you are, consider yourself a miracle, how many of you have been, are here because of a miracle? Yeah. Right, amen? Amen? That means you are a miracle. And it, being a miracle means God is coming to your life. He gives you these things, these opportunities. that I'm going to call them some visions. Amen. And these visions tell you about the future. So here we go. 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 Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of the visions Isaiah had told him about the future. It broke it down to him. I think I turned on my mic. Turn on my mic, please. Sound man. Thank you. Thank you. And so um, he, he talked about the visions of the future. This is one of the things that happens with visions. And so Isaiah was given Isaiah 22, 21, and 22. Isaiah chapter 22, verse 21 and 22. It says this. This is a vision that Isaiah, God gave to Isaiah. It says, I will clothe him with your robe and fasten your sash around him and hand your authority over to him. But God says this. He will be a father to those... And Jerusalem, and to the people of Judah. The people of Judah are the the lineage of Jesus, Judah. That's Judah right there, right? I will place on his shoulder the key to the house of David. That's the kingdom, the genealogy of David, who will forever have the throne of God's chosen people come out of the house of David. Amen? And what he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. Now, if that's your vision, if that's a vision that God has for you, man, that's, that's empowering. Amen. I'm here to tell you today that God is going to close some doors that need to be closed and God is going to open some doors. That no one can open. He's going to close some doors that nobody can, nobody can get through. Not even you. He's going to close. They can't even open them anymore. So the things in your past that have held you back, God is closing those doors. Come on, somebody. Those traps that left you in a place that you went down the wrong way, God's closing some doors. I'm here to declare and decree. Doors are being closed. And doors are being opened. And in those open doors, you know, it's going to be, so you can, you, sometimes the light will be so bright you'll figure out, I it's too bright, I can't even see where I'm going. But God is saying, you need to be blinded by his light yes. and walk through those doors with his, with his faith. Yes. You need some faith for this journey, what God is doing for you. Amen? Yes. You need some faith for this journey that God is taking you through. He's opening up some doors that you can't see because it's so brilliantly bright because he's, he's doing it. It's his power opening up the doors. And so when I sat there, and visiting our new place, and seeing how we'll be there in just just a little short while in 2020, I get I got so excited. But I just got. More, which means you got to do something different because you have more. That's right. Amen. Hmm. Amen? That's right. It doesn't mean we do less. It means we need to do more. Mm-hmm. That's the beautiful thing about their blessing. Mm-hmm. God doesn't bless you with less. He blesses you with more. Mm-hmm. More of him. God is a multiplier. Yes. He's a multiplier. Well, he starts to see, you know, in nature, he plants a seed, it grows, it bears fruit, that fruit drops seeds. It grow and bear fruit. God is a multiplier. Yes. Yeah. And he's multiplying us today. Amen. He's multiplying you. But I'm telling you, we're talking about the power of leadership. See, here at the Empire Living Church, we lead from the tip of the spear. We lead from the tip of the spear because we are in the army of the Lord because God has already set us aside to lead. Not say Empire Living Church, but really it's if you're a believer, you lead from the front of the pack. If you're a believer, you lead from the front of the pack. You don't lead from behind. You lead from the front. Because you already know vict- victory is yours. The defeat is not who you are, because you're God's. Woo! Not your God. I'm saying you God owns you. I'm saying get it right. Let's get it right. And so if God sends his anointing upon you, you, you have to lead from the front. You have to set the tone, set the example for others to follow. Amen? Amen. Amen. But there's some art to this power of leadership. There's some art to leadership. Many of you know this. Every great leader from the dawn of civilization down to the present was a dreamer. Vision, dreams, and plans we're talking about today. Every great leader from the foundations of this world was a great dreamer. Christianity is the greatest potential power in the world. It's the greatest power in the world because... Its founder was an intense dreamer. Jesus was an intense dreamer who had the vision and the imagination to see realities in their mental, in their mental and spiritual form before they came into the physical form. See, those who started Christianity believed so much in Jesus. In their mind, in their being, and in their spirit. They visualized heaven. They visualized the future. They they knew that on the other side, no matter what I go through right now, on the other side are promises. See, it takes one thing... Uh, to, uh, back then in the day, we have pretty good. We have pretty good. Jesus had originally 12 disciples. 12. One fell off, committed suicide. He had 11, took on another. Not one, only one had a very kind end here on earth. They paid the price. But what kept them going is I'll pay this price because I know my future. I know my future. John was set aside into an island. The whole book of Revelation, the whole book of Revelation is a vision given to John. The whole book of Revelation. John was on an island set aside. They couldn't even kill him. They tried to. They couldn't even say, get away. And in so doing, we get the book of Revelation, which is a vision given to John. That's why it's so heavy. Maybe. I have yet to preach the whole book of Revelation because it's, it's it takes some work. Until God gives it to me, I'm not even going to try it. I need to try it when God says, here it is. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen? So I can get some clarity. But let me tell you something, if you don't well, Giving Tuesday just happened. Giving Tuesday—I'm so used to having my glasses. Giving Tuesday just happened, and we were asking people to give on Giving Tuesday. And let me tell you, this church, this church, has not been good on Giving Tuesday. We have not raised much money on Giving Tuesday. Other people have. You know, I get to a point where I'm just trying to get a certain amount of people. I'm still working on giving Tuesday, the month of December. I'm still believing God is going to bless us in abundance in December financially. So we need Amen. to take care and pay for our next move. Amen. Amen. In advance. I'm still believing that. Matter of fact, people have made some promises and they've made some commitments. who have given in the past. So I know they'll give again in the future. Amen. Amen. And so we're working on that. And so I'm envisioning this, but giving Tuesday has not been good for us. So I ask God, because a lot of people are saying it's hard right now financially. Mm-hmm. You know, unemployment right now is the lowest it's been in 50 years. It's the lowest it's been in 50 years. Now that's tricky. you got to really pay attention to that. Because, you know, they, they say it's the lowest for African Americans in the history of them taking n- numbers. But it's still twice of the average white person, white family. So it's still not, not good for us and maybe the lowest than it has been for the last 50 years, but still people are working two jobs to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. And so they employ, yes, but they're working two jobs and not living the quality of life that they should be living. So but I'm, I'm saying it because I realized through the conversation people are not always doing the best right now. And I think it's because we lack some vision. We lack what God has promised to us. We lack some vision. And, uh, and I'm guilty of it too. I'm not saying it's just not. That's not y'all, it's us. It's, it's us. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, us. Amen. And so I've been reading this book, Think and Grow Rich. And I, I'm encouraging entrepreneurs to read this book, Think and Grow Rich. And so this, this, what I'm telling you today is really from, I'm combining that lesson. One of my mentors told me to get this book and to read it. And he wouldn't talk to me again until I finished the book. And so I read it, listened to it a couple of times, and I read it just so he would have a conversation with me. Because he says, I can't start the conversation about you building wealth until you change how you think. We got to change how we think. We got to change how we think. Jesus came and died and got with all power, got up with all power in his hand. And we say we down with Jesus, but we walk around here like we not connected to him. We got to change how we think. We talk about we call ourselves the Empowered Living Church because we want you to live empowered lives. We believe that we can turn things around. We have wealth, family wealth classes because we believe that you should be prosperous. Mm -hmm. We believe it. We believe it. We believe in a holistic ministry. We believe in the the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that gives us power. We believe that you should be physically fit. I know. I know. We should be physically fit. I've been lifting too. Yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> Throwing them up. We should be physically fit and we should be have sound families. But we understand behind a sound family means you gotta have your money right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. It's hard. Brothers, mostly brothers here today. It's hard. I get it. I'm a black man too in America. I understand. It's not easy. Right? Let's change how we look at these things. First lesson, I'll give you six lessons today. Six lessons, six lessons, first lesson. You want to follow us, follow the lesson on empowerliving.church and hit the Sundays tab and you'll get our sermon, sermon notes there. we got a lot of scriptures we're going to go through today. Number one, number one, fix your mind on the exact amount of money you desire. It's not efficient to say, I want plenty of money. The reason I'm sharing this with you is because when I found giving Tuesday, people couldn't give because they didn't have to give. And you can't get blood from a turnip if a turnip is dry. Is it a turnip or is it a beet? Somebody. Turnip, turnip. 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 beet, turnip. rock, turnip. turnip. Okay. Turnip. Whatever it is, you can't get it from it if it's dry. <laughs> So we got to be definite in the mouth. We all want some money. I want to be plenty. Everybody wants to talk to people. I want to be rich. People say, I want to be rich. Ah, I want to be debt free. Well, whatever it is, how much money does it require you to be debt free? And how much money does it require you to be rich? They just came out of a study in Los Angeles. It it takes about $214,000 a year in salary to live comfortably in Los Angeles. Maybe it was 214 and 242, one of the two. That's a lot of money. So how much does it cost? How much money do you need to live comfortably here in your household, wherever you are? Put that in your mind. You got to be definite in that amount. Thank you. There's reason why, psychological reasons why you want to put that in your mind because, see, you are planting a seed you were setting a course for your vision. So you, you're writing it down because if you don't write it down, how are you going to get there? What's your plan? You know, if you start a business, you got to have a business plan. What's your plan for life, for your family, for your future? Let me tell you, this is biblical because in Habakkuk 2, 2, 3, and 4, it says this. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. That's what it says. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and it will not delay. See, what's your plan? See, we're talking about changing how you think about money. It's also changing how you think about life. See, you can't do anything In this country, in this state, in this city, or Burger King, without some money. (laughs) Am I right? So we got to change how we envision, deal with money. But what's your plan? That's biblical. What's your plan? Write it down. Write it down so when somebody else sees the plan, they can help you along the way. You know, one thing, I wrote this 16-page plan to raise some money to start the church. And it was 16 beautiful pages of graphs and numbers and testimonies and beautiful things. And I knew nobody was going to read it. But what they wanted to know is, what's your plan? Do you have a plan? Mm -hmm. Did you think about it? Did you put it together? What they're going to read is the executive summary. And then they can run with that. But if they really like you and they really want to know more, they'll read the plan. But the goal of it is to get to the money. But I'm not going to give you the money if you haven't thought it through. Mm -hmm. Have you done the exercise? Have you put it together? Have you thought it through? What is your vision in your plan? See, we even in our lives need to have a vision towards our victory of how we want to live our lives. How our families will be, become more wealthier and just more prosperous because we, we can't continue to fall as Christians and be behind the wealth. We need to be in the front of it. Mm-hmm. We got to change how we think about it. Number two lesson, he says in the book, determine exactly what you intend to give in return for the money you desire. What are you going to give? There's, ne- there's never something for nothing. You know, we, you can't be blessed unless you're giving. That's right. And we had giving Tuesday. People weren't giving, but they evidently weren't being blessed. See, you give to be blessed. It's, it's a process. Mm-hmm. It's in the giving where you get the, bless, the blessings. You, it says determine exactly what you intend to give in return for the money. 2 Corinthians 9, chapter 9, verse 6 to 8 says this. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Mm. For God loves a what? Cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. See, the business world has gotten it, and the Christian world is struggling to get it. We got to get it. Mm -hmm. Even the business world knows, what are you going to give? Up front, you need to know, what are you willing to give? Once you get the money. What are you going to give? Up front. See, it's setting your vision in a place that you can see the abundance of you receiving. But you also need to see the abundance in your giving. And that's biblical. That's biblical. Number three. Establish a definite date when you intend to give in return for the money you desire. Now, it's one thing to say, "Man, I'm I'm gonna give my ties when I, you know, when I get my money," or "I'm gonna go uh, pay for the PTA's dinner for the kids next month when I get my money." <laughs> I, I, I I'm I'm gonna bless my mama with a football player. I'm gonna bless my mama with a house when I get my money. But it, 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 it sounds wonderful. It does. It sounds wonderful that you're going to give your tithes. Thank you very much. You should be. We appreciate you. But God wants to bless you for doing it, being obedient. We appreciate you and your offerings too. That's great. But it means very little if we don't put a date on it. See, a date on it means I am working towards this end. You know, you don't start running and just run, Right? <laughs> he just I run you know, you run I'm gonna, I'm going to run for 30 minutes and then I'm going to stop and I'm going to celebrate that 30 minute run. I'm going to run 3.1 miles which is a 5K and, and that's how much I'm going to run. You don't set out and just start running except for when I was in college and I was being initiated in my fraternity in Atlanta one night, you know, we always used to have a certain amount of run we would do at 4:30 in the morning and then one night they got us up and said, "Okay, start running." And we were like, well, you know, how long till I say stop? Just start running. And we just start running and we running and running and running. We ran through downtown Atlanta with no end in sight and just kept running. Let me tell you something, that almost would drive you crazy when you don't know when you're gonna stop. Yeah because you don't even know how to pace yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't know if I should sprint, should I jog, should I jog walk, Mm -hmm. should I walk? The king is, they're not gonna let you walk, so what even the option? Mm -hmm. You know, so it would drive, so you need to have an end date when you're gonna achieve or make your gift. You need to know when, so you have a focus. So you know how to pace yourself. Uh, Amen? Amen. I'm just, trying to share what they, I'm just trying to share what they say. Number three. Oh, no. no oh Colossians. What is it? Colossians 3, 24. says this. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, working as, as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as your reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. I mean, the key point here is I want you to understand is whatever you do, working with all your heart, as you're working for the Lord. And if we change how we think, we change how we think. Think and grow rich is the name of the book. But think think and grow blessed is this. Think and grow blessed in the spiritual realm is this. Everything you do, everything you do, you do it with everything that you have in your heart. And you do it as though you're working for the Lord. Because you know what? You are. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. You are. You want to say you're not, you're at the club and you work in the front door. Who are you working for? It could be a contradiction there. I say the club because I used to work at the club, so I'll just use that. And it was a contradiction. I mean, I had a Sunday night club, so I'm at the largest church in Los Angeles and West Angeles and in the front there's a bunch of celebrities in the front and so I I generally sat in like the front because my mom worked for the bishop. I sat in the front and I would you know tell people about my parties and everything like that to celebs and then I would, it made us walk right. We had to walk around and so when people walked from the back and they saw me they would say Hey, man, can I get in tonight in the middle of church? It became kind of chaotic to a point that I had to stop. I had to leave offering not to cause chaos when people walked around because they wanted to go to my club at Beverly Hills on Sunday night. It was bad. It was, it it was, I felt bad. I felt more guilty than, I I just want to have had a conversation. And I felt guilty because here I am at church. And in the midst of me at church, people are talking about, can they get into the club? And I said, what? that's a contradiction. I, that's a contradiction. I'm at church. My mama worked for the bishop. I'm at church, and the contradiction was so bad, I felt the burden and the guilt coming against me because I came to realize that I'm in church, and everything that I do is a reflection of my relationship with God. And there's a contradiction to say I love the Lord and I'm only preparing Sunday to pray for a good night at the club. Mm. <laughs> and what's really bad was on Sunday morning, I would promote Saturday night for Sunday night. Uh, Sunday morning I see the same people I saw at the club Saturday night at church Sunday morning with the same clothes only had Sunday, Saturday night at the club Sunday morning. And I'm like, what a contradiction. What am I doing? (laughs) Because everything you do is for the Lord. And when you have that understanding, you make certain different decisions. Your decisions become different because you understand who your boss is. Right? I'm right? So, We need to have a definite date in mind so that when we're working, we work towards an end goal and an objective. We make it real. We make make it real, amen? Number four, create a definite plan for everything out your desire and begin at once, whether you're ready or not, put this plan into action. You know, somebody said me, I don't know when I'm going I'm to go ahead. I was talking to somebody this week, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to get started. Uh, but there's so much things, so many things for me to do. I said, well, you know, first thing you need to do is get started. Mm-hmm. You know, we can talk about stuff. We can uh, analyze it. You know, it's the paralysis of analysis. <laughs> you spend so much time thinking about it. You are, uh, you. You know, you're getting paralyzed because you're analyzing so much. At some point in time, you need to get started. And the best day to start is when? Today. Today is the best day. Just get started. Get started. Proverbs 16 and 3 says this. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Give it to God, and whatever you do, he'll establish your plans. See, what we had to learn to do is just get started. Get, pray about it, give it to the Lord, and go start, start stepping. Mm-hmm. How's your faith walk? I can't see, but I'm walking. I really can't see because the lights are so bright, but I'm walking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's okay to be blind sometimes. Except for recently, uh, I saw this thing on, on Instagram and um, it said, this is Stevie Wonder, and Stevie Wonder said, voting for this guy is like, uh, 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 voting for him is like me driving a car for you. I was like, "Mm." I don't want to be in a car with Stevie Wonder driving, I don't know about you. (laughs) Good dude, love to hear him sing. Don't want to ride with him. <laughs> but when you ride with God and you have blinders on, and God is the driver, it's okay. Well, God is saying, trust me enough to drive this vehicle. All I'm asking you is to be committed to the journey. We got to get committed to the journey. Number five. Ooh. Oh. We got time for that? I'll use it later on. Uh, Mark 11, oh no, what he says here. i want to tell you about this other story, but I'm not gonna tell you the story, because I got this thing called time. <laughs> number five, number five. Write a clear, concise statement of the, of the amount of money you intend to acquire. Mm-hmm. Name the time limit for this acquisition. Stat, state what you intend to give in return for the money and describe clearly the plan to which you intend to accumulate it. Mm, that's a lot right there. That's a lot. Write out a clear, concise statement. Write, make a vision. What's your vision? See, God gives us vision, but I think also it's also up for us to have a vision to present before the Lord as well. He'll shape it and form it and give you what he wants you to have, right? Mm-hmm. we got to do the work, though. How much time do you acquire it I mean, to the job or the, the business or the money, the wealth, whatever it is. You know, All this business talk is really about you apply it to your life. See, you're talking about think and grow rich. I'm talking about think and grow blessed. See, think and grow blessed is the same skill set to live a blessed life, to live an empowered life. Is have a plan, huh? Mm-hmm. Jeremiah 17, 7, 8 says this but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It, worries, it has no worries in a year of drought. and never fails to bear fruit. It's like a tree planted along the water. I mean, so for us, the, the, our wisdom is this. If, see, if, if you are planted in the sea, let me give the an analogy like this. If the tree is planted by the water and it never experiences drought, it's always healthy and bearing fruit, always green. Gives us the lesson of this. Its power source is the water. We fortunately have God. And if we put ourselves next to God or encased with God through his Holy Spirit, then that means that we will never have an opportunity, never experience a lack. Am I right? Okay. You will always be healthy. You will always bear more fruit when you are connected with God. See, it, it makes no, it's not wise for us to live lives where we cause disconnection from God on purpose. Why do we go out and sin with intentionality? Knowing that sin separates us from God. Jesus. If God is the life source, we need to, as soon as we come encroached with sin, we need to immediately get some forgiveness. Because mm-hmm. we're going to sin. Right? Mm-hmm. But why do we sin with intentionality? Why are you intentionally sin? Why do we intentionally sin when we know that God is our life source? Mm-hmm. We have to change how we think about how we live our lives. We need to change how we view this life. We have to think and grow blessed. But you can't grow blessed if you're not connected to God. What's the scripture we talked about last week? Be still and know that I am God. What he's saying is, plant next to me. Be still. Be at peace. And trust me, I got you. So when you're going through and it's not making sense, and it's Giving Tuesday and you have nothing to give, we got to get it together. We got to get blessed. I said it like that on purpose. We got to get blessed. Amen. Amen. Number six. He says, read your written statement aloud. So after you write it out, read your statement aloud twice daily. In the morning, when you get up and at night before you close down, read and feel, believe yourself already in possession of the money. Now, I'm gonna say read and feel and envision not the money, but the blessing. You know I think we got to think we got to think like successful business women and men. Well they they have a process and but we serve a great God, a greater leader than any other leader ever known. The best leader, he tells us this. This, is, this word right here, this word right here says this. Joshua chapter 1, 7 and 8 it says, "Be strong and courageous." Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not turn away from the law, that you may be successful wherever you go. Verse 8, keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it when? Day, when you rise, and night, when you close down so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, then you will be, pros- what it say, you will be prosperous yeah. Yeah. and successful. Yeah, Why do we go to books written by businessmen who love the Lord when we just have the book here who's written for us, for those of us who love the Lord? Mm-hmm. But they get it. We gotta act like we get it too. Because we, we have it. See, being prosperous and successful is what God has planned for us. It's written for us to walk in success and be prosperous. But what it's saying is, just like he says, in the morning, focus on it. And at night, focus on his word. Meditate on it day and night so that every time you flow, you can can think back and he says here, Keep the Book of the Laws always on your lips, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. I, I can be pro- If I woke up every morning and I said, you know, I can be prosperous and successful because the word of the Lord says, that I'll be with you to the very end of the age. The, Lord of the, Lord, the word of the Lord says, if you knock I will answer if, if you were to think every day that Jesus went down and rose up with all power in His hands, so I should walk along with that. If you change how you view your situation, is that my God has so much houses and mansions and and all this wealth, and He doesn't want me to be without it. I'm, I'm focused on getting it. I, you know, I, you know, I, I'm envisioning that He says, if you, if you, if you give your ties, you will never lack anything. Is what He says. His law. That's his law. Jesus said, I didn't come to change the law, but I came to what? Fulfill. To fulfill the law. The law is everlasting. It doesn't change. God's word does not change. The word of the Lord says, God is a man, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of a man that he would change his mind. What he says and sends down for it to happen. His word will not return to him void. He can't repent, which means he can't not do what he says going to do. His word says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. He says for his sake. He blots out our sins for his sake. And I remember them no more. What he's saying is, I can't even know, I can't remember how trifling you've been. Because if I were to remember that, I can't give you grace and no mercy. So what I do is I sent my son into the world to wipe away all of your sins. What I did was, because before Jesus, I was taking care of you. I was whooping you. But when Jesus came, I said, whoo, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I won't forget. Because I've applied the gift of Jesus, which gives you grace and mercy. So knowing this, gives you, you have some sense of freedom that if you fall down and fail, it's okay. You can get back up. God is not going to remember your sins. No, You don't even worry about what man thinks. Matter of fact, man can't do anything because he's not your judge or, or, or he's not your jury. Just live. Live focus on your prosperity for your family, for your children, for your generations to come after you. Because it says that a man plans for his children's children. So live it like this. You're living the long term. Your vision should be in the future. Not what was behind you. Live like there's a tomorrow. We'll put a date on it. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> it says here. Now, close out. It may be further helped to know that the six steps here recommended were carefully scrutinized by the late Thomas Edison. Amen? Good for him. Mm-hmm. Who placed his stamp of approval upon them as being not only the steps essential for the accumulation of wealth, Napoleon Hill says this, but necessary for the attainment of any definite goal. Even the business world understands there is a method to this. But even more so, we as believers were given the methodology that they apply to find their success. So we need to take and be the masters of the teachings of our Lord and Savior Jesus and our God and walk into our future leading others behind because we become the example. Because we sit at the tip of the spear. This is how we lead here at the Empire Living Church. We lead from the tip of the spear. Knowing that victory is ours and failure is not common to us. Because mm-hmm. our God is still God. Amen. Amen? Everyone, thank you for watching us here at the Empowered Living Church. Join us again next Sunday around 10.30 in the morning. We have another blessed word from the Lord. Come visit us at 2101 Cambridge Beltway Drive in the great city of Ayersley or Southwest or Charlotte. We're over here near you. All right. Love you very much. God bless.